Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. So we just had this report come out from the BIS, and this is going to completely blow your mind. They've uncovered or tried to uncover how big this derivatives time bomb actually is. And in the title, I said it's a quadrillion. No, no, no. That's undershooting it by a long stretch. And when we go through this article, which we're going to do right now, they show you how much debt is off balance sheet in the shadows that we don't even know about. So when we talk about money getting tight or a lack of dollar liquidity, you have no idea about the powder keg that this actually, the, the, the size of the powder keg is unimaginable until you read this report from the BIS and understand that, whoa, whoa, whoa what we are seeing just that's it, it, in the sunshine, this is just the tip of the iceberg. So let's get into the report right now. And this is just, this completely blew me away. Completely blew me away. So make sure you're sitting down for this one. And by the way, I, I give the BIS and I don't know the guy's name that the, 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 we just call him like, what do we call him? Josh, like fatty neckington or some or necky Valdez or whatever. The dude has no neck and he weighs like 800 pounds. So, and plus he's just part of the whole Davos type. So he's a Malthusian Marxist cult member. But, and I don't think he did this report, but whoever did this report at the BIS, hey, I give you guys a lot of crap, but I give got to give you a quick Rebel Capitals golf clap for this one because this report is truly amazing. And to be fair, they got a lot of the data from CLS, which I didn't know what CLS was before, but they're actually this huge entity that manages about 50% of the FX um, settlement globally. We'll get into that in just a moment here. So just going through the introduction, basically they kind of give themselves a pat on the back for accumulating all this data that until now, like we said earlier, was completely in the shadows. It never saw the light of day. And there was all this speculation as to how much or how, uh, or the, the, uh, the value of the derivatives that were off balance sheet. But, it, you know, it ranged. In fact, before we get into this article, let me shoot right over to the visual capitalist. This was done in May of 2020, where they go through and they try to give you a visualization of the world's money and markets all in one kind of pictograph, right? So check this out. This little square represents the entire amount of silver on the planet Earth. At the time, valued around $43.9 billion. Cryptocurrency at the time, you can see, we've added a couple little more squares in there. Military spending, okay? And by the way, that's global military spending. U.S. budget deficit as of 2020. We know that's gone straight to the moon. Coins, banknotes, Fed's balance sheet, billionaires. This is if you took, if you visualized their wealth by the size of these little squares, this is what it would look like. The amount of gold on the planet Earth. The value of the Fortune 500 companies. 
And you can see broken down by Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Google, Facebook. The value of all the stock markets on the planet Earth visualized right there. The M1 money supply global. Global debt. Okay, that's quite a bit. Global real estate. Now we're talking, baby. $280 trillion. Global wealth, $360 trillion. Wow, geez. I'm just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Looks like a lot, doesn't it? But then we come to derivatives. And by the way, I think this is probably just on balance sheet because they've got notional. Yeah, I'll bet you this, they're judging this based on the balance sheet. In other words, what's in the sunlight? They're not basing this trying to guess what's in the shadows because they would have had absolutely no way of knowing until we get this report now from the BIS and the CLS. But let's keep scrolling down here and we keep going and going and going. Oh, but wait, there is more. We keep going and going and going and going. There you go. That's a visual representation of the amount of derivatives that the visual capitalists knew about in 2020, which I can almost assure you, just the tip of the iceberg. And you saw that that was about 10 times larger than all the wealth on the entire planet Earth. Now that you understand the concept, now that you understand what we're dealing with, let's get right back to that BIS article. And they kind of give themselves, and again, this is one that I actually read, believe it or not, before we went live. Wanted to give you guys some insight, some value here. So let's shoot down to the first chart that they have, or the first set of charts. Overview of outstanding OTC FX derivatives. So what they're focused on in this FX swaps. Now, let me explain this to you very quick. It's not that hard. So you've got an entity in the United States. You've got an entity in, let's say, uh, Germany. And the German entity does business in the United States. So they need to borrow dollars. And this U.S. entity does business in Germany, so they need to borrow euros. But if the German entity tried to borrow dollars in the United States, they get charged a high interest rate and vice versa. So what they do is they go through an intermediary like the bank, like J.P. Morgan, let's say, and then they... Uh, this entity borrows in dollars, this entity borrows in euros where they can get the cheapest rate, and then they swap. That's the FX swap. And then this entity pays the interest rate in euros, and this entity pays the interest rate in dollars. You see? But let's remember, all of that is off-balance sheet. Doesn't exist. So next time that you're looking at the bank's balance sheet or you're looking at the balance sheet of one of these, I don't know how it can be off balance sheet for the entity itself because they owe that money. I guess what they do is they say, well, it's offsetting because they borrowed this much money, but then they gave it away and they received that much money in a different currency. But when they spend that money, they still have the debt liability. And by the way, it's not in their own currency. So sure, they might be doing business in Europe, 
but that implies that the, your cash flow is not going to be impeded. And then if it is, then they got to come up with the dollars to go ahead and buy the euros to pay the debt. But even worse, now that the dollar is going up and up and up and up, you guys know the risk there, that European entity, they've got to come up with the dollars because they're on the hook contractually to pay that loan that Corporation A took out for them. Nothing on the balance sheet. It doesn't exist. We don't even know about it until now. So we can see that all OTC instruments by currency have done what? We start here at 2012. And I mean, the story that you hear constantly is that, oh, well, we've got Basel III, guys. Don't have to worry about the banks anymore. No, 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 no. The regulators are on top of it. Really? Really? Because it looks like the amount of derivatives are exploding higher, and that's even since 2020, when the visual capitalist pegged it at a quadrillion. And keep in mind, the global wealth, the entire global wealth is $360 trillion, for heaven's sakes. And they're pegging this at, uh, looks like a little over $75 trillion. But remember, this is not all derivatives. This is just simply FX swaps, which, by the way, are a lot easier to track because you've got the data from the CLS. But they only represent about 50% of settlement, so they know about. And that's 50% of the FX swap settlement. There's all these other derivatives that the BIS has no data on, zero. So then they go over the FX swaps and FX forwards. So FX forwards, just basically a contract saying that we're going to settle in a future date at this price. That can be its own separate contract, or that can be part of the FX swap. It's basically the conclusion of the FX swap. And, but I guess my point there is you can look, you can see this red line where it says total, and that's just going up and to the right there. It not even, it, it didn't even decline during the Cerveza sickness. Just kept going up and up and up. And you, it, you can understand why, because it's just like debt that you can pay off $20 of debt with $10. Let's just say $10 of principal, $10 of interest. So long as you have velocity. But if you don't have velocity, you're done sauce. You're screwed. Because if you don't have that velocity, obviously, it's just simple math. You got a big problem. You got $20 of liabilities, but only $10 exist. Because those $10 were created by lending them to existence, but then you got the interest on top of that. So you can see why the amount of derivatives, if we don't have velocity, now if we have velocity, it's a game changer. But without the appropriate levels of velocity, what happens? The derivatives, in other words, the debt, this has to go higher and 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 higher. And basically, that's what this BIS report is showing us. But again, this is just scratching the surface here. This is just FX swaps, and it's just the data that they got from this one entity that according to them, they handle about 50% of the, the settlement of these things. 
but there's so much more out there. But the whole point in going through all these charts is you can see that it's just going straight up. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Ceresna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Josh, when did this come out? I think this just came out recently, didn't it? Maybe even yesterday. It came out last night. Came out last night. All right, let's give Josh a big rebel capitalist golf clap for finding this. This is just incredible stuff right here. So now let's look at some of the, uh, they call it a stylized balance sheet. I actually really love this because this is exactly what I do in my whiteboard videos. Most of you guys will probably recognize this where we just do assets on the left, liabilities on the right. And what they're showing us is three different steps or three different scenarios and what that might look like with the bank's balance sheet, but what that might look like as far as off balance sheet. And this, I'm actually going to zoom in on because you guys, this, if there's one thing that you're going to take away from this entire video, it has to be this. So we start with just simple hedging. What happens, and they, they kind of skipped a lot of steps here. So let me explain it to you. Their, their balance sheet started off with this entire, uh, you see how much USD they have as far as liabilities. Just imagine for a moment that the assets were, they had the exact same in USD. So the FX portion of their asset liabilities was represented by just what you see right now in the liabilities. That's how the balance sheet started, right? So what they're saying is if this bank, now they're hedged out because their assets match up with their liabilities as far as the FX risk. So that's good. But they're saying if they wanted to hedge out their uh, just the asset side of their balance sheet, what they would want to do is they would want to have an equivalent amount of foreign currencies relative to the USD they have on the asset side of their balance sheet. So how do they do that? Well, they go out and they do one of these FX swaps. So they lend out those dollars, but then they borrow the uh, other currency. Now, again, hopefully you guys are following this here and you can see that that example I gave a corporation AB that doesn't even apply to this. So there's, I don't know how many different, but there is just almost limitless different types of FX swaps that you can do. And I just talked about corporation, corporation bank in the middle, but no, 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 no. Bank can do it. Interbank bank can do it uh, with a, a non-bank entity. I mean, there's several different scenarios here that, would be included in the FX swap bucket or what we would consider an FX swap. So this is a completely different example of something that would be called the exact same thing. So again, 
what they do is they take those dollars or they could borrow the dollars. Let's not forget about that. They could borrow the dollars. Uh, so in this case, they lend the dollars, but borrow the FX. So that FX goes onto their balance sheet. So now it replaced the dollars. So they've got an even amount of dollars and what XYZ foreign currency. So in their minds, they've hedged out their the asset side of the balance sheet. Although I would argue they're even more exposed because now they've got more dollar liabilities. But I guess they're not including that <laughs> in this stylized balance sheet. But now look what happens. So they borrow this FX. So they need to come up with that FX cash flow, by the way, because they're making the debt payments. Okay. Uh, and then this other entity that they lent this to, they've got to come up with the dollars. So what happens if the dollar cash flow or dollar liquidity gets tight? Now, all of a sudden, they can't make their payments. They can't pay back. This original bank blows a hole in their balance sheet. That's just one little teeny-weeny example of the systemic risk that's created by th this, who knows, two, three trillion, or trillion, two or three quadrillion dollars worth of derivatives that, that we don't even know about. So look at how this expands. So we start with just this simple hedging where let's just say the off balance sheet stuff is like 33% of the on balance sheet, but there is more. Oh, but wait, <laughs> that's not where the story ends. No, no, no. Now we've got to add an arbitrage or they want to add an arbitrage. They want to like make a little bit of money here. Let's go. Let's, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's spike that punch bowl, baby. We're going to keep this party going for as long as we can. If the feds got our back, so they say, right. If no, they're not going to let anyone fail, if we're too big to fail, well, what are we doing here? If we can create all this financial chicanery, why not just throw in a little bit of profit? I need to get that bonus, baby. That Aust that Aston Martin calling my name. <laughs> so instead of just the hedging, now they do a little bit of arbitrage. Great. Is that on balance sheet? No, 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 no. So then let's just get a little more risky. We want to make some more money, guys. So now we're not only going to hedge, we're not only going to do the arbitrage play, but let's throw in a little market making as well. Why not? Why not? YOLO, baby. You only live once. Now look at the size of the on balance sheet relative to the off balance sheet. You see what just happened? Off balance sheet now is 50% larger than the on balance sheet. And we don't even know about this. No, the investors of the bank, they don't know about it. It's like a footnote, maybe. And they're whatever they report quarterly. You think the CEO is telling the CEO probably doesn't even know about this, but just let that sink. And all of this is like an inverted pyramid that is just resting on one thing and one thing only. And you guys know it from watching my videos counter party risk. That's it. That's it. Not dollars, not dollar liquidity, because all of that is simply a derivative of counterparty risk. If there is very, very low counterparty risk, then all the dollars will be there. 
all the liquidity, it'll all happen because of this profit incentive. But once that counterparty risk increases to a level where the dollar liquidity starts to shrink, those banks, they have the balance sheet. I look at what they can do, not only with their balance sheet, but off balance sheet. They can do anything they want. That's why whenever I get that rebuttal that, oh, George, well, banks are constrained by Basel III. Really? Really? How You show me any regulator that can figure this one out. Good luck. Good luck with that. The regulators have no clue, no clue <laughs> what is going on behind the scenes here. And that's why you get banks like Silicon Valley Bank or probably better example would be Credit Suisse where a week before they go completely bust, the regulators look at them and say, oh yeah, wow, they're, they're very well capitalized. Yeah, nothing to worry about here. No, no, they, they, we've got this little checklist and boy, they check all the boxes and they've got an extremely sound balance sheet. And then one week later, boom, bust. How come that always happens? Because they don't know about all this stuff. They have absolutely no clue. But again, I got to give a hat tip to the BIS for at least talking about this, for heaven's sakes. So now this starts to get into the dollar premium and gross outstanding positions in derivatives. Now, when you see a minus, it doesn't necessarily mean that there this is being reduced, like from a starting point. This is simply a way of looking at their net position. So these charts get pretty darn complex here. So let's get down to, and I don't know that they, they really give us a lot of additional value. Uh, here you can see banks on and off balance sheet net position in selected currencies. So this is in billions of dollars and positive value indicates net off balance sheet lending of currencies. So if you look at the U.S. banks right here, what you want to focus on is this red line. And so if this red line is positive, that means that the majority of their dollar lending is off balance sheet. If this number is negative, that means that the majority of their net lending position is on balance sheet. Look at this. Look at this. For, let's call it $400 billion. For, so if you take, let's say they've got uh, their, their lending in total. I, I mean, who knows? Let, let's say they're lending in total uh, $20 trillion. So what this is saying is that 20 trillion of that would be on balance sheet, but 20.4 trillion would be off balance sheet. <laughs> this is bananas. I mean, at least the, the, uh, their Euro and yen positions. And isn't that interesting too? Because the majority of the U.S. banks their dollar positions are off balance sheet, but the other currencies are on. Where if you look at the Euro banks, their dollar positions are way off balance sheet. They're even worse than the U.S. banks, for heaven's sakes. 
But like the U.S. banks, their yen positions are all on balance sheet. That is bizarre. And look at the Japanese banks. The only thing they have on balance sheet is their own currency. Not the only thing, but the only... Uh, or no, that's... No, the only on balance sheet they have is dollars. Their off balance sheet is yen. Just like the U.S. off balance sheet is dollars. Huh, that's really interesting. But that's a topic for literally a completely separate video. The main takeaway from these charts is to realize that the majority of these dollar positions with the euro area banks, not the euro dollar banks, but the euro area banks and the U.S. banks, the majority of their dollar lending is off balance sheet. How is this not on CNBC? I mean, this should be like plastered all over the front page. This is this should be the literally the only thing that CNBC is talking about today. Now they get into, believe it or not, even more esoteric stuff and way more esoteric stuff. You know, I think that last chart is really the main takeaway and what you guys need to know is that number one, back in 2020, the visual capitalists did a great job of showing us a the, the size of derivatives relative to global wealth. But yet that just captured what they figured was on balance sheet, maybe off balance sheet to a certain degree. But now as of yesterday, we get this bombshell report, as far as I'm concerned, from the BIS that included all of this data that we had really never seen before. And they put that together in these charts and came to some, some conclusions. And the conclusions are, we had no idea how big the uh, the uh, market was for off-balance sheet derivatives. I mean, I said in the title of this video, one quadrillion. I was understating it. That That's a gross understatement. It's the opposite of clickbait for once. But you got to – so that's takeaway number one is just understand how big this derivatives market is. It's way bigger than a quadrillion. And then understand how much of that derivatives market is completely off balance sheet. And it's not just the esoteric FX swaps and whatnot. No, it's just straight dollar lending. Just straight dollar lending. Dollar loans, for heaven's sakes. U.S. banks have more dollar loans off balance sheet than they have on balance sheet. Just let that sink in for a moment. I think if I'm going to distill it down to the easiest takeaway, that's it right there. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.